you can't wait another minute. You can't put it off another day. Your life is too valuable to forfeit your destiny. So let's start something new. Now, <laughs> let's go. When we are bitten by life unexpectedly, it can often cause damage beyond recognition. And the truth of the matter today is that many of us are living our lives out of the eye. Didn't see that coming experience. The perspective says no. Your faith will say that God is still fighting for me. That when your perspective tries to convince you that you are down and out, your faith will remind you that it is God who has all power in his hands, who is still working things for you. Say it again. The assertion of the fact that mercy is present means this, y'all. Without the existence of mercy, that would be different meaning if mercy wasn't present it would be another way but Jeremiah says that because of the Lord's mercies which now means that we have to shift our outlook and it has to be different what's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of your next now podcast with Marissa Farrell listen I am super excited because over the last few weeks, you guys have just been incredible supporting this podcast, listening and writing about the inspiration you've received. And I know that today you won't have anything less because the guest that I have today, I mean, I don't even know what to say about him, much like my last Brandon that I had. I mean, he's a TikTok sensation. I don't know if it's him or not because our last Brandon is not the one posting on TikTok, by the way, but this Brandon is certainly a TikTok sensation. He is a man of God who I love, who I trust, one that I seek for my own counseling and spiritual advice. His sermons have blessed me. His words to me have just encouraged me. I'm telling you, I just love, love, love this guy. I know that you guys do. You too. Would you help me welcome none other than Pastor Brandon Clack, pastor of all nations church in Chicago and still Memphis, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still Amazing. Memphis for sure. That's what's yeah, up, you, you almost accidentally. You almost accidentally started a fight. If Memphis would have thought I wasn't going to be here anymore, they'd have come uh, knocking on your door. But I am a little offended. You don't have Brandon Jacobs on before me. I'm sick of it. I can't. Oh my no, God, I, that's my guy. I love him. You know, y'all are my Brandons and y'all are holding yes. down. So I'm really, really excited. But let's do a check in. How are you? What do you have coming up? What can we support? I mean, what's going on with All Nations House of Transition? Ben, just tell us a little bit about how you're doing. Yeah, you know, um, it's been a journey readjusting my pace um, to the demands of of two uh, such strong cities. Uh, but the the real thing that you can be praying for and supporting is just making sure I don't run out of stamina. That that's really oh, it. Wow, that's um, deep. I don't. I it's so funny now because if if I'm going to speak out anywhere, I got two days in the week. That's it. If it's not Thursday or Friday, I can't do it. So uh, wow. it seems like everything kind of gets jammed into those two days. But I'm I'm loving the space that I'm in. The family is healthy. Everybody's happy. So it's it's a win-win right now. Good, good. Tell us a little bit about, for those who may be listening from the areas of Memphis and Chicago, give us a little information about what days you're at, which location, so that people can connect with you. Sure. It's, um, it's kind of a flip-flop. So uh, <laughs> the first and the third Sundays I'm in Chicago – the second and the fourth uh, Sundays I'm in Memphis, mm -hmm. but I do every Tuesday night uh, in Chicago, our midweek service. 
and I do every Wednesday night in Memphis, our midweek service. So nobody can say that they don't have their pastor every week. Wow. that You're working it out. I don't know how, because those locations are like two just opposite ends of the country, but I mean, you're working it out. So that's amazing. I, you know, I'm really, really glad that you are keeping busy and I'm really, really glad that you are in a healthy space. You know, one of the things that you shared with your supporters very publicly has been your transition over the last almost a year now. Um, yeah, almost a year baby girl. I know. And, um, Zoe clack, by the way, Mm -hmm. for those of you who were not familiar with her and we literally watched your strength. And I think that that was what inspired the topic of conversation when I began to consider the fact that I knew that I wanted to sit down and talk to you and give my listeners some of the same just wisdom and power that I feel that I get from you every time I get the chance to hear you. You probably don't even know I'm listening to you when I am, just those things. And so tell us a little bit about your journey over the last year. How has it been for you? How can other individuals who may be going through very deep-seated grief, you know, hear from you and, and just kind of get gather from your strength, what, what wisdom and advice, advice you have for those people? Yeah. The, the major challenge for me was overcoming extreme disappointment in God. Mm. I was, um, I was from the school of thought that he can heal anything and he can do anything. And so if, at least if you couldn't do everything, then I could have felt good about you not healing this thing. But because the two extremes are so broad in the beauty of his strength, I can do anything and I can heal anything. I had to reconcile with extreme disappointment that what I'm hearing now is that you chose not to do it. Mm. And and I didn't want to aggressively get in God's face like I would, you know, another person. But I found myself, <laughs> Marissa, contending um, yeah. at tension points of you decided not to do something for me. And it ain't like we not friends. And it's not like we don't talk every day. And it's not like you don't send me places that I don't want to go. And I still say yes. So once I got to that honest point where I could be honest with the Lord about how I thought we broke up, you know, I thought we weren't friends anymore. I really did. Ah, And and that was the initial place of healing. If I would not have been honest with my questions to the Lord in the middle of the street in my neighborhood and asking, how come you don't want to be friends anymore? Um, mm. Then the Lord, I felt like kind of led me through. I'll never forget this, Marissa. I was standing in the middle of the road and um, I was still grieving Zoe's birth, which I know sounds a bit contradictory, uh, but I was grieving the birth. Wow. And the Lord told me that, Brandon, I don't make mistakes. Mm. If you're wow. upset with me, go back and check the scriptures because I ain't never been wrong. Here you go. Let's and, go. Let's and go. When Bible. I sensed that, I started diving. I started going further. And I found a story, and this saved my life, um, where the disciples asked Jesus, Who sinned? This man or his parents? And Jesus said, Neither. This condition is like this for the glory of God. Glory of God. And that's where my healing began. God reconciled my disappointment. So I say all that to say, if you're going through deep grief, you've had extreme loss, um, you're really disappointed in God and you're taking it out on people probably, you've got to reconcile that somewhere in your story, God will disagree with you for his ultimate plan. And you got to be okay with that. Wow. You just helped 
so many people, I mean, inclusive of myself. I lost one of my very, very best friends in 2019. She was only 40 years old. She had a routine surgery, and, like, six weeks later, she was gone. And, I, you know, that was really hard. She left a six-year-old behind and, and you know, a family. And that was really hard for me. And that's something that I've wrestled with because, you know, when your prayers go unanswered, and, that, and that's where we're going. And I thank you for so much for opening the door for that because when your prayers go unanswered, it makes it difficult to want to pray forward and to want to pray again. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, one of the sermons that I preached that helped me through some of the um, accepting of the disappointment of God, what was the story of the three Hebrew boys? It was so simple, but it was really God reminding me, you know, because when I looked at the text initially, I really thought, God, why didn't you just prevent them from going in the fire? And, and the revelation for that sermon was that I may not prevent you from going in the fire, but I'll get in it with you. So it's not always going to be that the victory is that I kept you out of it, but sometimes the victory is that I know how to keep you in it. And that's even something that you have to learn how to wrap your mind around because, you know, for us, it's natural to want to watch God cause us to prevent some things. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to go through it. I would rather not go through it. But to understand that God simply does some things for his glory, and that's the place where Christians really struggle. The fact that God, sometimes he just does it for his glory. He does it for his testimony. He does it to build his reputation in your life and in the lives of others. And that's the part that, that we as believers have a hard time accepting that sometimes our assignment in the earth is not to be able to testify of the goodness of God mm. in what he did do, but sometimes it's what in what he didn't allow to happen, you know, and, and that's just mm. a powerful conversation. But I love the way you talk to us about that because really when you make the term, you know, I felt like God didn't want to be friends anymore. It really makes me understand that you are someone who does in fact carry the mantle of prayer and that wow. you obviously know how to convene with God in a way like he's your friend and your father. And that's the place yeah. where many of us struggle. So in today's topic of the intercession mantle, the mantle of intercession, you know, it brings me into this idea of what it is to have a prayer life, right? And yeah. and what it means, because I don't know how people have relationship with God that they don't talk to every day. You know, like I have to talk to him every day. And when I do, it's so funny because I'm telling you, <laughs> B, sometimes I'm in my shower and I'm like, listen, okay, now the way this is going to work, you know, like, but a lot of people really, really, really struggle with prayer. And so today I kind of just want to go through some conversation about prayer. And so with respect to who you are and the anointing that I know is on your life, not just one that is prophetic, not just one that is pastoral, but one that is certainly geared towards prayer, you know, in your opinion, what is your definition of an intercessor's man mantle? You know, there are people who, who really don't understand prayer. There are people who don't know how to begin prayer. Uh, they don't even understand the definition of intercession, but from a pastor heart what what does that mean for you uh the the intercession mantle or the mantle of intercession yeah it's it's really somebody just in layman's terms that's going to leverage their relationship with god to help you see him clearly mm. um for me that's Ooh. the job of an intercessor you that are going to loan the, me your relationship oh, yeah you're going to loan me your relationship with god so I can see him clearly. One of the things that I'm really trying, Marissa, to help uh, Memphis and Chicago out with seeing the role of the intercessor is that I don't want you to accidentally give birth to a golden calf. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to accidentally make an idol out of this person that you think has more clout with God than you. It's, it's not necessarily that. They just know something that you don't about wow. God. 
And so if our intercessors will loan me their relational revelation, what what do you know about God that I don't? Because if he is no respecter of person, and I, I want you to pray for me, if he's no respecter of person, if you don't pick up the phone, do I go without an answer? So the intercessor, in my humble opinion, has got to be somebody that can loan an individual their relational revelation of God and then talk to God for them um, mm-hmm. and, and at times bring them along as well. And so that's yeah. that's really what I think an intercessor is. There, there's a ton of language. There's a yeah. cadence. Yeah. All of exactly. that is personality and it's all good. It really is. Yeah. But really what your job is, you're about to intercept something for me. Something My is God. happening that My I don't God. understand and I need you to put your hand in the way and, and not mm-hmm. let it hit me. Wow. And you know what? This brings me to a two-part question because I, I want you to talk to people who are trying to find their lane in, in, in prayer. And I want you to tell us, you know, firstly, how to identify if one may very well carry a mantle of intercession and or do we all have a need to have an accountability to people who are intercessors? Should we all as believers have an intercessor in our life, in our life? And there may be someone who asks, who may be asking, is every person called to be an intercessor? So I want you to kind of deal with those topics and just kind of talk to people who are trying to identify and find their footing in their lifestyle of prayer. Yeah, I would warn them to uh, be careful what they're asking for if they think that they have an, uh, a mantle of intercession. Because it, if I'm honest, I don't even see in the scriptures that Jesus gets called an intercessor or uh, interceding until he dies. This is post death. Um, mm. Something about him died off. And then he was seated at the right hand of the Father, forever mm. making intercession for you and I. And so I would say, if you are looking for a, a litmus test to try to figure out, am I an intercessor? Do I carry that grace? Am I called to be in the middle, the middle man on behalf of people to God and then God's voice to people? I would say if there are aspects about your flesh that are not dead, I don't know if you carry that type of Lord intercessory Jesus. grace. Wait, um, something I got a pause. <laughs> If there are not aspects of your flesh that are dead. Ooh. And you know what? That speaks to so much because so many of us try to carry others in areas that we have not even died in ourselves. And last time I checked, there's a daily death that goes on with Mm. us as believers. We, we got to die daily to ourselves. And so the first thing that, that, that we are getting from you that you're unfolding is that in order to be able to stand for someone else, there has to first be a part of you that has died. There's a sacrifice that comes with intercession. I just wanted to pause there just because that blew my mind. Okay. So back to the people who are trying to Yeah, no, you, you, you really highlighted something important because the truth is, uh, Jesus was without sin. Our sin is imputed on him, right? Mm, right? So because he took on our sin, there was something on his flesh that God the Father could not tolerate. Lord. Now, be, now I can let you die for their salvation, but if you're going to sit next to me in intercession, I got to kill that first. Oh, and so there, there is something on the life of a potential intercessor that maybe you didn't put there. 
Because the mm-hmm. truth of the matter is, Jesus didn't do any of the sins he died for. And oh the truth God. of the matter is, is that if you're still angry over the life you live, because that ain't had nothing to do with me. I just inherited this. Can't believe you did me. Like If that mindset still cripples you, I, you're not praying for me. You, you can't. You're too annoyed by your circumstance and mm. intercessors lay down and die. My God. Now here, here's something that, that we, that a lot of times people struggle with. What about the intercessor who, who, who was wrestling with needing intercession? Now that, see, that's the place. See, we, and that, that brings us back even to the opening of this conversation, because I know that you are one who carries a, a mantle in your life to intercede for others. You're a pastor. That's like almost a part of the job, right? But what happens mm-hmm. when you are in the most vulnerable position that you could be in? You are broken beyond belief. You you have been damaged beyond belief. You have been disappointed beyond belief. How do you as an intercessor shift yourself out of that space? And how is it that you personally dealt with being able to keep moving and keep pushing? Because I know that it hasn't always been every single day you were able to find the strength to get up. What do you do in those moments? Yeah. I have found, and and this one just, it rocks me every time I say it out loud. There is no victory without vulnerability. It's it's just not possible. If if you aren't vulnerable enough for God to send someone to partner with you, then there's no way you're going to be able to produce victory for somebody else. I, I, I just have to use him. His name is Jesus. And Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, guys, I'm vulnerable. I'm in trouble. Can you pray with me? Mm. I, I, I'm going to accomplish this, but I'm I need someone to intercede. Obviously, he doesn't get it. Um, they fall asleep, but where he does get intercessory help is when a black man undergirds him and helps him carry his cross up Golgotha's hill. Wow. Jesus, in his fleeting humanity, needs assistance to get to the point of intercession. And if you won't allow somebody to come up, here's the challenge. Intercessors love the presentation of prayer, but they hate the clarity of community. Mm. You need somebody that can walk with you because if you pray for people nonstop and you don't have somebody praying for you, you will get cynical. I promise you. It's just a matter of time. You're going to get bitter in your soul because you're going to get sick of people getting productivity off of the stuff Mm. you don't see in your life. My God. And that's that's the place. I have seen so many people I know carry a mantle of prayer become so frustrated and so flustered. And I've had to speak into people whose whose minds and faith have become overwhelmed by what I've prayed for and I've seen be produced in other people's lives. And here I am in my own home is, is struggling and my, and my faith is slipping. And the crazy thing is, is that none of which, even in your time of distress, disqualifies you from being and having the call that you have. So now I have responsibility while I'm also disappointed. And now I have to figure out how to balance my relationship with 
a responsibility that I don't even really want to fulfill at this very moment in my life. And that is crazy. You said a couple of things that just struck me. There is no victory without vulnerability. I want you guys to know that intercession requires vulnerability because like, once again, what you were talking about, the, the assistance that if you don't allow someone to come in and assist you. So when we start talking about the qualifications or the qualities or the characteristics that you see in intercessors, you know, it, it starts with understanding that there is a, a, a given account, like you have to have someone, there is a given that someone has to be there to undergird you when it isn't true, because you're going to end up depleted if you don't. I mean, to think about the fact that to intercede is to give assistance, but to intercede is also to require assistance. And, and mm. the question for, for someone may very well be, well, well, how, how do, how do I find the intercessor? You know, like, like, where do I look for that person? And I believe that in everything, much like the example out of the Bible that, that Pastor Clack just used in speaking of the fact that, that there was a man who was along the way, that God will always provide that assistance for you. But we cannot become so caught up in who we are that we don't know what we need. And that's where the lines get blurred. How many times have you seen people who are carrying such a mantle and, and have not even tended to themselves? I mean, you're a pastor. I know you see it all the time. Like, we don't tend to ourselves spiritually. We have mutual friends right now that we will not call that are everything to everyone mm -hmm. and are willing to quit ministry because they have not stopped to let somebody be something Jesus. to them. Jesus, running on E, running on E. This, this conversation yeah. and, is, and, um, is getting shifty. <laughs> <laughs> and the challenge with that is, this is the open door to addiction. Wow. When you will not yoke yourself to the Ooh. relief of someone else's faith, you Lord will Jesus. spell relief another way. Oh, It's a God. matter of time. You just said something so powerful. When you do not yoke it, can you give us? <laughs> I'll give it to you again. Yourself. When you don't yoke yourself to the faith of someone else, addiction mm. is the only outlet. Because we need relief. And if if I don't have somebody re, repositioning my faith back on the cross, somebody pointing me back to Jesus, if I'm the Lone Ranger, I preach, I get in my car, go back to my hotel. If I don't ever make any relationship, if I demonize every group, everybody full of sin, come on, man. If, if I don't find a way to yoke myself, I'm telling you, relief is at the door. It is. And you'll, you'll choose it if you don't got somebody in your ear. Oh, you'll choose it. And and a lot of times you will be in life positions to choose it. I, I'm talking about show enough life positions. And I mean, literally, we're, we're talking to someone who is an example today to have been in such a scenario in your life as a man, as a, as a family man, as a husband, as a father. I'm sure that it presented options. And that's when mm -hmm. you had to learn to lean on who you are in totality. Totality. I know that there are people around you who are praying for you. I, I was certainly one of them. I was reaching out to you as often as I could. Like, you were. You, you were. I mean, like, I felt that that pull <laughs> on you. But, but, but then when you were in your moment, right, I know that there's a point where you have to shift yourself into – the, the, your your own prayer life. How do you talk to and how do you identify for individuals who may be, again, trying to find their lane in their 
connectivity and communication with God. What is the difference between someone who prays and someone who has a lifestyle of prayer? I love that. Somebody who prays is somebody that responds to crisis. That's it. Mm-hmm. When you have a lifestyle of prayer, in my humble yeah. opinion, you find your prayer points through your everyday relationship with the word of God. Because I don't want to get caught up only talking to God about the things I want to talk about. Wow. If I've got a lifestyle of prayer, I'm going to spend time devotionally with the word of God. Then I'm going to be convicted or prompted in my heart. Whoa, that stuck out to me. This, um, If I'm reading the story of Noah and I come across that the dove never returns, and all of a sudden that sticks out to my heart. My, my dive is now on what do doves mean? Right. I start looking through the word of God and I see all of the different implications of the Holy Spirit, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then I can deduce God's trying to talk to me about the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, Lord, I thank you that the Holy Spirit is ever present with me. Lord, I thank you that you'll never leave me, nor for thank you that you're my. And then all of a sudden, the, the gambit of conversation, I'll start thanking him. And then he'll start telling me what he wants. In my life, he does not tell me what to do until I acknowledge him first. Ooh, my God. There has to be acknowledgement. So the opening remarks are acknowledgement. And I'll take it a step further. Sometimes I am in situations where I can't say, hiya. I can't thank him like that. So my obedience thanks him. I acknowledge God through my obedience, just like I can worship God without a song. So if B-flat isn't playing, worship is not just a song. No, worship is my obedience. And I can prove that, go outside and look at the sun. Tell me what key the sun is singing in. It's not. But the psalmist said that when the sun rises, Yes. It is an act of praise or grat- gratification. Well, all it's doing is being obedient to what God said in Genesis. Wow. So to me, worship and intercession, they collide. Oh, wow. And the middle ground is my obedience. So I don't, let me just help all the intercessors that love the, the spooky chords and the, oh, Father God, we thank you. Okay, let, yes, I'm with that. Yes. But I'd like to suggest to you that you're, willful ignorance of God telling you to put the cheeseburger down, mm-hmm. you are missing a time to intercede. Ooh, Lord, because as you say yes to whatever God says, it is an act of intercession. Wow. Wow. So Marissa, I think we are imprisoned to the sexy presentation of what moves a crowd. That, and I'd like us to just read, because listen, just a just a shaking and a sash because the 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 acceptance of the crowd is an intoxicating drink. Ooh, and if you yeah. drink it once, you'll <laughs> sip it again. Oh, but let me tell you something. <laughs> that intoxication will soon fade when you get between a rock and a hard place. When it gets real, it's gone. Y'all, all y'all it's go so ahead. True. Forget this crowd. <laughs> and I'm only talking, I mean, so literally, true. let me just let me just pause parenthetically here to tell y'all. I mean, as as I think as any itinerant preacher, any preacher who has had that that opportunity to be in that, listen, it is intoxicating, it is enticing, it is easy if you are not focused on the assignment behind it. If you're not, because when you get it, and I'm telling you, you really only learn mm. about the intoxication of the crowd. When life gets real for you, I'm trying to tell you some good stuff here. So true. Wow. It's so but you true. 
are talking about worship and intercession colliding and obedience yeah. being the middle ground. What yeah. about when God has us pray for a thing that in the spirit we know it may not be in his will to be done. See, that is the hardest time to pray. I have, oh my God, listen, I was, I was standing in a hospital room, understanding mm. the circumstances that were around us, you know, by, by medical fact, right? And, and when you're in a position with someone you're close to, much like what you were talking about, you, you look at God can do anything, God can heal a day, but then you start to kind of balance it with, these are the circumstances, right? This is where we are. And as I'm looking, I'm trying to figure out how do I pray for these people I've been called to pray for, who I know, I feel in my heart. I, I wrestle with that because I'm saying, God, am, am I not praying? Am I praying wrong? Am I like what? I was in a position, and I'm going to just be really transparent. Mm -hmm. This is another situation where the thing that I needed to pray about was so close mm -hmm. and so dear to my heart that I didn't know how to pray. Mm. I didn't know how to intercede. I didn't even know how to pray for those who I had been called to come and pray for. And how do you deal with God? How do you deal with your mantle when you don't know how to address or, or, or dive into that place? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a beautiful way to word that. Because I think at some point, every believer that is an intercessor or just prays, you will come up against a lack of language. Lord and Jesus. in that moment, I think God built in us a need for him. Mm -hmm. I think he gets glory out of us feeling around in the dark, in the wrong direction, so that he can stand up and point us to the right direction. Case in point, those Hebrew boys that ended up in fire yeah. end up being an act of intercession. Love All it. they knew was that to stand in the middle ground between God and their convictions and an evil king was to bow. They didn't even have any more language. And exactly. they were thrusted into a hot situation. And God says, you don't even have the words. Right. Just the fact that you got put in it, I'm going to show up. And I think that's what God wants. Sometimes our intercession is not words. Right. It's just walking by faith. Yeah. And wow. so I want to help the intercessor that's in tears and says, I just don't know what to pray. I'm wow. scared that something bad is going to happen. And I'm just going to tell you, put one foot in front of the other. Wow. Learn how to just show up. And allow God to move through your limbs just being in the right place at the right time. Wow. Something you just hit on so powerfully that essentially what you were saying is like to carry the mantle of intercession and to be in a place where you lack that language. That is a part of that sacrifice because sometimes intercession is just relinquishing yourself to mm -hmm. the will of God. Sometimes intercession is giving up of in fact that is what it is you know because to intercede for anything is, is to stand in for what you were talking about to leverage your relationship right essentially i'm making a sacrifice and in business we call it opportunity cost right we call it opportunity cost because it's what i'm going to lose out over here to do this thing over here essentially yeah. in intercession it is 
I, I may not necessarily have the words and I may not be able to show up and give the sexy presentation of it, but God is pleased because I've relinquished my will to his will. And that's essentially yeah. what we are doing in, in, in acts of intercession. And in times like that, that when, when you are in, in your own life as an intercessor for any person who's listening to this podcast right now, and you find yourself in that corner where you're lacking that language it doesn't necessarily challenge your call it doesn't change your anointing it doesn't deplete your oil but it actually brings you closer to God to be able to trust him unconditionally in every circumstance and in any circumstance I want you to do me one favor before we wrap this call up I want you to leave us with some words that will ignite the intercessor. You know, we had a, a, a wonderful time at the Ignite Conference. Shout out to our, our friend again. Um, and that that was that was a collaboration because my, my one of my ministries in Mantle that I focus on is intercession. And he, he had the Ignite Conference. We came together. We talked about igniting the intercessor. I want you to leave some words with some person who is already operating in that office and someone who may be developing their gift in that office, someone who may be under their pastor and they're working in that and towards that that ministry and that gift and that anointing on their life because they sense it and i just want you to ignite them in the holy ghost just give them something for them to carry with them into this next season absolutely um most of the time at least from my personal um experience and just my theological prowess what i have seen is that if you are next for whatever your throne or palace or promotion if you're going to be next, you will have to learn how to intercede for Saul. And what I'd like to encourage the intercessor with is that David does not get on the throne no matter how oily he is. David does not get on the throne until he plays a harp. He plays a harp for Saul as an intercessor. He's standing in between Saul and a spirit that came from God. And right. He plays that harp. That thing lifts off of him. Here comes Saul grabs a javelin mm -hmm. and tries to pin the intercessor to the wall. Mm. And how you handle your pinning to the wall. What I'd like to rob from the intercessor is the stylistic presentation. Because if I can take that away as what you deem as productive, yes. the room was insane. Okay, let me take that card from you. Because right. if the room isn't dumped on its head, that doesn't mean you weren't successful. The way that you're going to be a successful intercessor is number one, give me some practical points. Number one, you can use your gift for people that you think are going to hurt you. Wow. Number two, you have got to be able to provide deliverance and dodge at the same time. Mm. Now, here's what that means. I can walk you into freedom but I'm not sticking around long enough to get pinned up in what you're bound with also. There are wow. some people you're called to just help in prayer that you can't uh -huh. play with. My. David couldn't play with Saul. Oh. All he could do was play a heart to get him free. The last thing I'm going to tell you is when you get the opportunity to expose Saul, to hurt Saul, remember you are intercessor and intercessors never find victory and vengeance. You can just hold on to those three things and not get drunk off of stylistic presentation. Uh, somebody's life is probably going to get saved. Oh my God. Y'all, this is why 
Pastor Brandon Clack, in case you don't know by now, is one of my favorite <laughs> preachers in the world. I mean, his mind for the Bible, the revelation that God drops on him, the anointing on his life, all work together to be able to uplift you, inspire you, encourage you to move forward. Pastor, I want you to do one thing before we leave, and that is to just take three good minutes to just pray for the intercessor. I'm going to close this conversation and we are going to get out of here. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to speak to the people you speak to. Yes. And I'm asking, Lord, that you would encourage the lives of your intercessors. I'm praying yes. that you would give them the kind of prayer life that Jesus had when he talked to you. I'm asking, Lord, that according to Mark 14, 36, that they would be able to say, Abba, Father, if all mm. things are possible. Mm. I'm asking, Lord, that you would make some things possible for the intercessor. They already spend time seeking you. So every void, every venom, every place of pain, every place of persecution, these places in their lives that they won't talk about, Lord, would you send relief? Yes. I'm praying, Lord, that not another intercessor would fall to calamity and scandal and, and addiction. Mm. I'm asking, Lord, now mm. that if they don't have anyone praying for them, let them play this eight times a day that they wouldn't know right now in Milwaukee, in Miami, in London, wherever they are, Father, I'm praying you would grab that lonely intercessor and that they would never again second guess that you aren't on their side. Lord, Thank you for your long-suffering mercy towards us. Now, I'm praying, last thing, that you would take one of those hot coals that got put on Isaiah's mouth. I'm praying you'd put it on the mouth of your intercessors and let this nation be ignited with fire in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Wow. Let this nation be ignited with fire. Pastor Brandon Clack, I cannot thank you enough for just sharing your wisdom, your anointing with this platform, with all of the listeners who will hear this. I want you to do me a favor right now. If you're listening to this, I want you to share this with your friends, share it with your accountability group, share it with your ministry group. Make sure you spend the time to share this information and this inspiration with someone who you love today. Pastor Brandon Clack, I cannot thank you enough for being just Marissa, an amazing can I, friend. Can I just say, you, you don't ever have to ask me to be a part of something you are. When I was in pain and when I was in tears, you were consistent. And uh, I'm sure you prayed for me, but you stood in intercessory communication and make sure that I didn't fall into a hole, whether you knew how close I was to it or not. So for that reason, all you got to do is call me. I'll be there. Oh, wow. I would like to go to London, though. The next time you yeah, go to London on. and look at me out to come some friends since I want to come. I already looked at your itinerary. You're going back in July. Hello. Let me be the armor bearer or something. Good. You are more than welcome. And if you come, you don't have to be armor bearer. You're going to tag team because, you know, I just appreciate you. I love you. I'm very, very proud of you, um, Pastor, for just, you. just being Thank a shining you. example to this generation, most of all to believers who have journeyed with you or even near you close to you or, or just have watched you just thank you so much for everything that you've done and brought to this generation i appreciate you so much and listen if you guys enjoy pastor burden clack and 
inbox me because we are going to try to have him back for another study, another small little segment, just because he has so much wisdom to exude. I mean, literally, we're going to actually start your own podcast. I'm going to just like produce it or something. I mean, because you just have so much to give to the people. So I love you so, so, so much. And I appreciate you so much. I so love listen. you too. <laughs> to all of my listeners, send my love to the family too. Definitely. To all of my listeners, guess what? You don't want to miss our next episode on Your Next Now. And you will definitely, definitely, definitely be blessed. I mean, this season you have just, we have been receiving from some amazing, amazing leaders. And I promise you the best is still yet to come. So guess what? You need to go out today and start something new. Not next week, not tomorrow. Start it now. Can't wait to talk to you guys again soon. All right. (laughs) 